Let's go to criminal law, non-fatal offenses against the person. Chapter 3, 4, 5, and part 2, Act 29, section 69 to 96. 69, 96, 69, 96. Assault. Section 85, 5 defines assault. Section 85, 5 of Act 29 gives the various stipulations for the definition of assault. Assault without actual battery, assault with battery, and unlawful imprisonment. Assault is unlawful unless justified under Chapter 1 of Act 29, that is Section 31. Section 31 gives the justifications for force to be used on a person. Section 86, elements of assault and battery. It has to be without consent with an intention to cause harm, pain, annoyance, and there has to be a menstrual, which is an intention, and then the actus reus, which is the touching without the consent, right? So, assault and battery looks to lack of consent. So, me, Playfully hitting another person does not mean that I have assaulted and battered a person. Unless it can be proven that the person didn't give consent. See Comfort and the Republic. Section 42B talks about a wound or grievous harm, or grievous harm cannot be justified on grounds of consent. So even though assault and battery looks to the lack of consent, consent is vitiated if there's a grievous wound or harm that has been inflicted on another person. Section 42B. Now when you look at section 86 to A and B, it espouses that consent obtained by deceit is not consent at all. A person who is insensible cannot give consent. And by insensibility, we mean a mentally deranged person, a drunk, or a child. CR versus Connie. Section 38.1 Force used in an unlawful fight cannot be justified. Section 38.1 So there's fight that is lawful, fight that is unlawful. 38.1 says a force that used in an unlawful fight cannot be justified. For assault and battery, the contact must be direct or or can be direct or indirect it, might, it can be you making a sudden movement and then the person hits his head against the wall that is assault and battery or you pushing somebody for the 
person to hit the, the head against the wall. See DPP, Director of Public Prosecution, and K, Minor. Forceful touching does not denote violence but looks to the lack of consent. Forceful touching does not denote violence but looks to the lack of consent. Section 86.2 C says the slightest actual touch suffices for assault and battery. No matter how small light the touch is, if the person is like a feather, if the touch is as light as a feather, still constitutes assault and battery. There has to be a touch to establish assault and battery. Assault without actual battery, which is assault simpliciter, section 87 1. If by an act apparently done in commencement of an assault and battery, the person puts the other person in fear of actual assault and battery, then we have assault without battery. So if by an act apparently done in commencement of an assault and battery, the person puts the other person in fear of actual assault and battery it is immaterial that it is not possible to carry out the threat republic and saint george look it up and fear must be reasonable fear see bruce Konya and the republic section 85 and 87 2b talks about fear must be reasonable fear Assault without actual battery can be committed even if the victim can avoid the assault and battery. Section 87.2c. So you see this social media skit that there's this song, yeah, and somebody falls down. That is an assault without actual battery. Unlawful imprisonment. Section 88.2. Intentionally and without consent detains whether enclosed or not. So one person detains another without his or her consent in an enclosed or otherwise not enclosed space. See Asante and the Republic. Let's go to criminal harm to the person. The main distinction, the main distinction between criminal harm to the person and assault and battery is the gravity and the punishment. So criminal harm to the person is actually assault that is done to another person with battery but it is not the same as assault and battery. We are saying that the difference is the gravity of the offense or the pressure or the force that is used and the punishment henceforth. So for assault and battery, it is a misdemeanor. That means three years. 
but causing criminal harm to the person is a second degree felony which is 10 years imprisonment now criminal harm to the person involves causing grievous harm or disease to another person section one to harm is defined as to hurt disease or disorder the person temporarily or permanently C.R. and Clement, Clarence. So, we are saying that criminal harm to the person involves causing grievous bodily harm or disease. And why disease or grievous harm? We are saying that in section 1, it defines harm to be hurt, disease, disorder, which is temporary, temporal or permanent. That is done to another person, Republican Clarence. Does infliction of psychological harm establish the offense? Does it? Unfortunately, it doesn't. Section 81B says, the disease or disorder which a person suffers has the inward effect of grief terror or any other emotion is not harm caused by another person although the grief terror or emotion has been caused by that other person with intent to cause harm or otherwise so it does not avail one for causing harm to the other person if it's psychological and also the definition in section one does not include psychological harm republican ireland section so we just read section 81b section 76 harm is unlawful which is intentional intentionally or negligently caused without any justification so there can be harm done to people but 70, uh, section 76 says that it is unlawful. That means there can be lawful harm, which is under section 31, and unlawful harm. And it says that unlawful harm is intentionally or negligently caused without any justification. Right. Section 69 says that a person who intentionally and unlawfully causes harm to any other person commits a second-degree felony, 10 years, straight. Causing harm must be intentional and unlawful to constitute a crime. Let's go on to causing harm with an offensive weapon, section 70. It is a first-degree felony and it must also be intentional and unlawful. Section 70, with a weapon. So, a knife, a gun, a baseball bat, a taser, or otherwise. It's a first-degree felony. That means you are going in for life imprisonment. C, R, and, and Daku, and then R and Praman, 
state and praman praman spelled p-r-a-m-a-n-g section 74 and 75 we see the punishment for a threat to harm and a threat to to cause death so if you go and threaten somebody i'll kill you you commit a second degree felony that means you can go in for 10 years now if you go and threaten another person i'll harm you or i'll slap you i'll kick you that's a misdemeanor three years right see Behome and the republic so the actus reus should exist under threat of death let's go on to causing harm by omission section 77 to 80 if the person has a duty to prevent harm section 79 a spouse a parent or guardian of a child b of the same section 79 talks about a medical doctor etc so you can read section 79 which talks about giving the necessaries of health and life and who is in who has a duty of providing such necessaries of health and life it says that where there's a duty to give access to the necessaries of health and life a spouse is under a duty to give access to the necessaries of health and life to the other per, to the other spouse who is actually under the control of that spouse that's 71 79-1-A. 79-1-B. a parent is under a duty to give access to the necessaries of health and life to the parent's child actually under the control of the parent which child is not of an age and capacity to be able to obtain these necessaries? 79.1c A. A guardian of a child is under a duty to give access to the necessaries of health and life to the child actually under the control of that guardian. Now 79.2 A woman who is delivered of a child a is under a duty so far as she is able to summon assistance and to do any other act necessary and reasonable for preserving the child from harm by exposure ex- exhaustion or otherwise by reason of its condition as a newly born child 79 a woman who is delivered of a child is under a duty so far as she is able to support and take reasonable care of the child which is under her control or in her care or, or charge until it's safely it can safely be weaned 79.3 a person who by virtue of office as a gaoler relieving officer or otherwise or by reason of the provisions of an enactment is bound to supply any of the necessaries of health and life to a person is under a duty to supply them accordingly 79.4 a person who wrongfully imprisons another person is under a duty to supply that other person with the necessaries of health and life 79.5 a person who has agreed or undertaken to supply any of the necessaries of health and life to another person, whether that other person is a servant or an apprentice or otherwise, is under a duty to supply them accordingly. 
79.6. Why a person under a duty is a duty expressed in this section has not the means of discharging the duty, and there is another person or public authority bound to furnish that person with the means, that person is under a duty to take the reasonable steps for obtaining the means from that other person or authority. 79.7. Why a person under a duty to supply any of the necessaries of health and life to another person lawfully charges the wife, servant of that person, or any other person with the supply of these, those necessaries and furnishes the means for that purpose, the wife, servant, or any other person so charged is under a duty to supply them accordingly. 79.8. For the purposes of this section, necessities of health and life includes proper food, clothing, shelter, warmth, medical or surgical treatment, and any other matter which is reasonably necessary for the preservation of health and life of a person. Read The Queen and Malby. Now, let's... So, these um, provisions we have given... Um, talk about causing harm by omission. Omission. That means that you omitted to provide the necessaries of health and life. Right. And we read that 79, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Now, negligently causing harm is under 72, 73, and 83. 72 says that a person who negligently and unlawfully causes harm to any other person commits a misdemeanor. 73. Dangerous thing negligently causing harm or danger. A person who being solely or partly in charge of a steam engine, machinery, ship, boat or dangerous thing or matter of any kind or b having undertaken or being engaged in medical or surgical treatment of a person or c having undertaken or being engaged in the dispensing supplying selling administering or giving away of a medicine or a poisonous or dangerous matter negligently endangers the life of any other person commits a misdemeanor now 82. Special provision as to medical or surgical treatment. We read this before. A person who in good faith, for the purposes of medical or surgical treatment, intentionally causes harm to another person, which in the exercise of reasonable skill and care, according to the circumstances of the case, is or ought to have known to be plainly improper, is liable to punishment as if the harm had been caused negligently within the meaning of this act and not otherwise. Let me illustrate. A surgeon, through gross negligence, amputates a limb where the, the necessity to amputate does, did not arise. The surgeon is not liable to be convicted of having intentionally and unlawfully caused harm, but is liable to be convicted of having negligently and unlawfully caused harm. Section 90A and B. No, first let's go to female genital mutilation. Section 69A. It's a partial or total removal, removal of a female's 
genital organ. The labia majora or the clitoris. A minimum sentence is five years and the maximum sentence is 10 years. The person participating in the process, the person carrying out the process, anybody other, any other person concerned with the process will all serve the sentence. They are all liable for female genital mutilation. Let's go to kidnapping. Section 89 and 90. Kidnapping is a second degree felony. Uh, that means you get a, a maximum of 10 years imprisonment. Section 90A and B. Unlawfully imprisoning and taking out of jurisdiction without consent or within the jurisdiction, detaining the person such that the person cannot go back to where he or she came from. That's section 90. A and B. It doesn't matter if the accused asks for a ransom or not. See Republic and D where father took the child from England to New Zealand while the mother had custody. A man may be guilty of kidnapping the wife and a parent may be guilty of kidnapping the child. This also looks to lack of consent. So kidnapping is a general term. It's not age specific. But abduction in section 91 abduction previously covered only females under 18 but is now gender neutral both male and female and it constitutes a, a misdemeanor section 92 says that abduction is when a person intentionally deprives a person of his or her child with an intention to have a natural or natural canal knowledge of the child see the new and the state uh, which involved the abduction of a 17 years old lady uh, to have sex in his room so for abduction the age limit is 18 it is very important a child under 18 who has been taken away for the purposes of sex away from his or her lawful guardian or parent or custodian has been abducted so 92 1 it says section 92 1 says unlawfully taking the child determining detaining the child and preventing the child from returning to lawful possession is the actus reus the demensia the intention to cause the child to be carnally known or unnaturally carnally known. Then the intention to unlawfully deprive the guardian of the child. So these two constitute the menstrual. Right? 92.3 It doesn't count as abduction unless the person knew that the child was in the possession, control, or care of another person. So this is a defense that you did not know that the person, the child was under uh, lawful possession, but you will still be tried for defilement 
those are two charges that go with that with that abduction and it also doesn't matter if the victim lied about his or her age to the accused see r versus timmings r versus robbins accused persons mistaken assumption of the age of the victim is no defense see r versus prince republic and prince now let's go quickly to child stealing section 93 and 94 it previously protected children under 12 years now protects children under 14 years it is no defense that the victim consented to be stolen see Alvin and robin it is no defense that the accused didn't know victim was under 14 years it's not necessary for prosecution that the child was taken from an identifiable person republic and Dromo. Section 95, 1B. However short a time is irrelevant as a defense. Republican Bailey. A good defense, however, is that the accused believed that he was entitled by law to keep the child. 95, 1E. Defenses are not available for the accused if he did so in pursuance of an immoral act. Human Trafficking Act 695-2004 Human Trafficking Act So Human Trafficking Act, Act 695-2004 Section 1-4 to So those who are culpable of a human trafficking syndicate are selling, the one selling, the one buying, and then the agent so it is the recruitment, transportation, trading, or harboring of persons between national borders. That is human trafficking. Let's go to child abandonment, section 96. A person bound by a law or agreement or contract to keep an infant under the age of five years, unlawfully in possession of a child and then abandons the child. These two people are culpable of child abandonment. See Republic and wine. Thank you.